podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sarah Purnell. And I'm Sophie Waters, and today we are looking at Gothicana by Runix. Corvina has always felt like an outsider, until one day she is invited to enrol at Verinmore University. The campus is isolated, gothic in design, enrobed in mystery, and also home to one particularly eye-catching, Vad Deverall. As the secrets of Veronmore begin to unravel, Corvina starts to wonder if she is unravelling along with it. A story of deep desire, gothical intrigue and dark and terrible secrets. How far down will Corvina have to dig to discover what lies at the root of it all? I mean, I think that I should be paid for the marketing job that I've just done on that book in that in that paragraph. <laughs> I agree. Because, I, agree. I mean... Spoiler alert, spoiler alert early, spoiler alerts, we are going to tell you all the twists and turns, if there are any, in this book. <laughs> um, all secrets shall be revealed, if there are any. Um, so if you want to read it without being spoiled, then please go and do that now, and then come back later, that's fine. Um, but, uh, spoiler alert, just based off that summary, that's not the book you're getting. No, it's not. It's um, Sarah's summary suggests that a plot and actual plot devices and reveals and things that would keep you reading if it wasn't a quick book. (laughs) But um, they are sadly lacking. They are. But Um, we'll we'll get into that. (laughs) Also, uh, Sophie has been a little bit poorly sick and her voice hasn't quite recovered yet, so... That's why it might sound a little bit more gravelly than usual. Yes, that's why I sound interesting. <laughs> feel sorry for Sarah, going to have to uh, cut out all of my coughing in this episode because it's her <laughs> turn. <laughs> um, so before we get any further, the content warnings for this book, as always, are taken from Storygraph. So we've got, and this is just, you know, the top of the surface here. Suicide, death, mental illness, institution. institutionalization schizophrenia toxic relationships but there are plenty more so definitely um (laughs) give it give it a look over before you dive in if you're sensitive to any of those um contents yeah i mean for a book that lacks plot it did not lack in uh discussion points that's for sure I yes. Think. Um, some of which we may be exploring further in our mailer, which is getting a little bit of a revamp. So if you're not already subscribed, then you can head over and do so at the Dark Academicals Book It's going to be fancy. <laughs> <laughs> We're really excited about what we've got coming up in store for this mailer. We've also just hit a really big milestone with. We've recently hit a really big milestone with the mailer which is very exciting and is encouraged us to turn on the option for paid subscriptions um if you want to support us and if you want to get um some of the really cool fun stuff that's coming your way if you're a member of our little book club we would love to have you with us so why did we choose this book (laughs) i mean i feel like it was supposed to be just because it was fun right yeah basically because we just thought it would be a bit of fun and it definitely was a bit of fun. Yeah, it, it definitely um, ticked that box. But it's also been marketed all over the shop as Dark Academia. And, well, 
more about that later. Because, <laughs> quite frankly, I don't think that should be allowed. But I mean, uh, it's got a fun cover. It has. I mean, depending on which version you're looking at, but the version that you is commonly on most websites is the purple with mm. the gothicy diamond with the flowers, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a good cover. The one you found the other day was really nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's just like fan art and then it's oh, just... Okay. I, I don't know, but... Um, well, it's Corvina in her dress from the ball, isn't it? Allegedly. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and then and Vad, and she's like with her tarot cards and the university's in the background and it's very atmospheric and it's just not selling the book that you're getting inside. But I really liked the cover for that. It is a great cover. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I suppose we should get into it. So as as ever, we will be running through our tropes of what makes a Dark Academia novel and seeing how Gothicana holds up. And I have predictions about uh, how well it's going to hold up. Yeah? And it's, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) And my predictions are it's not going to do very well because based on my current feelings about this book... (laughs) And the discussions that we have already had (laughs) off microphone. (laughs) Let's wait and see, shall we? Yes, yes, let's. Let's keep the suspense. (laughs) So first up, I just realised how dodgy that laugh sounded. I I do apologise. I wasn't going for Muttley, but that's where we're landing, apparently. (laughs) So first up, we have a higher education setting, often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way. Yeah. Nice, easy, yeah. Um, yeah, so this cannot get more on the nose, really, than, mm. you know, it is doing what, what we expect from a higher education setting, usually elite or exclusive in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's so elite and exclusive that Corvina had never even heard of it before. She got a letter offering her a place at this university that she didn't even know existed. And when she looked into it, she couldn't find any information about it. (laughs) No one knew anything about it. The person who allegedly put her forward for it, she asked them and they knew nothing about it either. So, yeah. I mean, getting into a university that you haven't even applied for is is pretty like top tier exclusivity, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get points for that one. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, we were, this is going to keep happening along the way, but I think what was lacking here was <laughs> just just giving us just a bit of a clue as to why they might have picked her. It was just. Literally, it it seemed to just be because she was away from stray, and actually, spoiler alert, it is because she's away from stray and have and has purple eyes. But <laughs> it could have been, I don't know, just like um, Doctor Whoever um, put you forward for this because you did really great work on this, and we're interested in that. Do you know what I mean? Like the tarot, even that could have even been a yeah way in, but um. There could have it been would... something to connect it, something to anchor it in in the story a little bit better. Yeah. Rather than be... just, she has to get to this university <laughs> for the rest of the story to happen. Does it matter how, it, how she gets there? No. I mean, uh, to be fair, Corvina, um, I mean, she does sort of address this. 
sort of. But her character is so wishy-washy. It's kind of like... It, she's she's very much like well i've got nothing to lose or you know and it's not it's not sound reasoning but it's reasoning it's very convenient reasoning yes <laughs> it's you can very much feel the hand of the author yeah um in that way but it is a higher education setting yes. and the entire novel apart from the very beginning and the very end, is set on this campus. Yeah. We don't leave. <laughs> Big tick. Definitely. Secret Societies is our mm. next one. And I think, although it's not technically a secret society, I think, like, the university as a whole acts in that same space. Yeah, I think it needs a bit more development in... A bit? <laughs> Because, only because it feels like it could almost be like a Freemason style thing, you know? Mm. It's like, if you're in the know, you know. And then once you're there, it makes sense. And like, there's some secret uh, club that kind of means that once you're a Verimore student, you can pretty much go and do whatever you want. Which is implied, but we don't see any proof. No. There's no, it's, it's like mentioned once and that's it. Yeah. But again, I think it's another thing that needed a little bit more of an anchor. Yeah, I think it felt like it was leaning towards the idea of like at, like what we see in Ninth House. You know, like mm. those houses then are a bit like occult fraternities, yeah. I guess. that it, it feels like it's leaning that way. But it never goes in hard enough to any of those options that are literally right there, ready and waiting. No, and we don't really... Corvina doesn't seem to have, like, a overarching goal or motivation. She She's just there. She um, has zero agency. Yeah. Anytime. It's, it's not like, oh, well, once I've finished and done my degree here or whatever, I can't wait to use that to go here or to do this. Her soul study is Vad Deverell and how much of his large appendage she can get her hands on. I, I don't know how crass I can be on here. I suppose we're going to have to be quite I'd guarded. Leave it at that. <laughs> we are not rated as explicit, put it that no, way. that's true. But just keep Coke can in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just exchange appendage for... Uh, Coke can, and you'll get what I'm what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And yeah, that 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 kind of um, I don't even know what word I can use here. Discussion is uh, throughout the novel, but that that is he he is her only <laughs> motivation. <laughs> but I think as well that could have been a really fun way in though like she she gets involved with vad and then vad's part of something weird and secret yeah and he is but it's like just puts him even further on that position of power and yeah that actually just makes it even more uncomfortable instead of making it fun definitely his big secret isn't really like anything it hasn't really got anything to do with her Mm -mm. at all um it doesn't really have anything to do with anyone, 
other than it's just his reason for being there. He owns Verinmore, basically. He owns it. Because just casually owning a castle. <laughs> so by extension, he sort of owns her in a mm. way, which is, that's the implication anyway, I always feel like. Oh yeah, literally on every single page. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like, that you can't escape because it's him that pushed through her application. Yeah. I mean, I thought it, at one point I thought it was going to go down the line of, yes, he's like part of the board, but the board are this kind of like, they're kind of the reason for everything that's happening. And he's almost yeah. like the anti-hero, but also trying to protect everyone in, in a in a strange way. In like that's a what Snape I th- way. Yeah, that's where I thought it was going, but it wasn't. No. Silly me. <laughs> that was a little bit too complex, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit nuanced for this one. However, old gothic architecture... Absolutely, it's a giant castle (laughs) on a mountain. Next to a lake and a forest. That's actually weird. How is there a lake if it's on the top of a mountain? Well, because you do get lakes in mountain... Because it's not necessarily like on the mountain peak. Oh, I guess, yeah. That's kind of how I was picturing it. And then you you put the two things together and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) How does that work? I mean, it's on a mountain range. I think that's the... Okay. Because I know, like, when they're driving up, they drive for hours, don't they? Yeah, this is the thing I got I got really confused about because when she goes up there the first time, it feels like she gets there in 10 minutes. Yeah. But then when her and Vad go off down to the village, it takes hours. Conveniently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was I was a little bit confused. Whereas, like... Everything else about the setting, I think, is quite strong. Yeah, I think it's a very strong setting. I'm a little bit peeved about the name, but we can talk <laughs> about, more about names later if you want. Yes, um, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It it ticks th- all the boxes. Yeah. There are, like, secret sealed off bits of the castle that you're not allowed to go into. There's there turrets, are turrets. There are gargoyles. secret rooms. Yeah, there are, like, tunnels. Dungeons. There's a dungeon. There's casually a dungeon. They're going to open up as a rec room for the kids. For the kids, they're adults. <laughs> this is what I got really confused. Like in my head, sorry, I'm sidetracking. But before I forget, like in my head, so often this red YA age, like they yeah, were supposed they felt to be 17, like, didn't they? yeah, if that. Um, but I had to keep reminding myself that they're all of university age. So they're all at least eighteen. They're at least 18. They're all at least 18 is what I kept reminding myself when something sus happened on page. I'm like, they're adults. They're adults. They're adults. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't read like that. No. And Corvina is 21 and she is the youngest 21 to ever exist. I mean, co- con- conveniently, Corvina. Co- oh my gosh. Conveniently, Corvina is 21. Yeah. She's very much an adult. In the eyes of the law, before she embarks on her relationship with Vad, I think that's the main reason she's twenty-one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has serves any other purpose at all. No, because Vad's twenty-eight. Yeah. So I I wouldn't be surprised honestly if she was younger when it was written and she had to age up for publication. Yeah. Or at least traditional public, because it got it's traditionally published now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's why it feels inconsistent. 
I just, for, I, I'm not, I don't get mad at age gaps. I think it starts getting a bit murky, especially if one of, one of the half is under 25. Mm-hmm. Only because it's that whole frontal cortex thing, like development. Like you haven't fully developed your brain and your skull and your fu- hasn't fused together until you're 25. And I think once you're past 25, you've kind of stopped developing or you develop a lot slower. It's not, it's not the same kind of developing. So like age gaps then don't feel as... Gappy. Gappy. <laughs> <laughs> like if she was 25 and he was in his 30s, and it would still be gappy, but it wouldn't be as like... Yeah. But the fact that she was 18 originally when she when he first saw her and he would have been 25 without her knowing that he'd seen her is creepy. Yeah, and it's obviously the power imbalance and the yeah. um it's not an okay relationship in just no. terms of like he is in a position of power over her. He is a teacher. I mean, he's technically a student doing a PhD, so he's not actually a teacher, but he is teaching her in a classroom and she is learning from him in a classroom. Therefore, he is her teacher. (laughs) And he's very much acting a teacher. He's not acting like he's just filling in. Hey, guys, I'm one of you. (laughs) He's like very much the like... It's like, call me Mr. Deverell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he brought a cane out at some point and was like, right, you stay behind for like three lashes. Like, yeah, he's very much that kind of professor, mm-hmm. teacher, whatever yeah. you want to call sir. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you add that onto the age gap and I go, ew. Ew. Because it's, it's someone is in too much influence, too much power over someone else. And it's especially hard when it's always the woman that's in the lesser powered position because it always freaking is. Yeah. Especially when she's, you know, even though she's 20, she's so young. She's so sheltered. She's never experienced anything. I mean, if it, I mean, even in my brain, my brain, I still, even though I know it's icky, it still accepts it to a certain point. Whereas if I flip it immediately, no. Like if yeah. if I imagine it as Vad as female, like and you know and and then as Corvina as Clive, like immediately no. Yeah, it's wrong. But I think it's just social conditioning that you just go. Is it no? Like do you know what I mean? There is still that split second of mm-hmm. this is okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. Gross. Ick. Yuck. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> well, we. <laughs> How did we get there from old gothic architecture? I don't know. I, don't I, blame, know. I blame Fad. Like, he is, Always, he everything. Is... <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Next up, we have a preoccupation with classical studies, usually Latin, Greek, literature, or philosophy. Uh, no. No, the only preoccupation here is Corvina and Vad with each other. <laughs> and what is under their clothes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, she studies hard. But what what is she studying? No, I mean she studies her special subject. Really oh, I hard. see what you mean. Yes. Oh, she definitely does. She goes to the library early in the mornings and studies so hard. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
All I can think of is just those poor books. They don't deserve that. <laughs> it's those... Oh. I they just, don't deserve it. I'm just... Tr- I am slightly slightly traumatised by, like, their, their kind of, like, their first... Encounter? In, in the library. It, it's etched in my brain, like, and it won't leave. And it's it's... I don't know. Some people might find it hot. I just found it creepy. I've got to say, I didn't find any of the scenes remotely hot or attractive or anything. I I was so grossed out by Vlad from (laughs) so early on. I think the problem is, well, (laughs) which problem? The problem (laughs) is, is that Vlad is such an oxymoron of like, it's just an oxymoron of a person. Like I've never known a character to be both so mature but act so immature at the same time. Like mm. so smart and yet so dumb. <laughs> there is just he. There is nothing attractive about him. No. I mean, at first, like when he's just stood there at first, and she describes him, and then you see him interact a little bit. You go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then he opens his mouth and ruins it. <laughs> exactly. It's when the speaking <laughs> happens. Who <laughs> goes down the toilet? <laughs> you know, they. Um, this is going to be Tangent City, this one. I just know it is. But <laughs> it's. I saw somebody actually enjoy, like in their review, enjoy the pet names that they had for each oh, other. No. Whereas I hated it so much. That was one of my worst, like the worst bits. Made me want to gag. So he calls her. Like which, which makes no sense. It's like this whole like that that on its own could almost like run a podcast. Just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's like digging into those mm-hmm. stereotypes, the connotations of that. Yeah, like she's bewitched him as if he doesn't do any of this of his own free will. As if it's her fault that he's predating on her. That's really common. Like thread like for most of their interactions yeah she has led him to to these decisions and these actions yeah even though he's the one that makes the first move like 80 percent of the time and she calls him devil but he leads her to call Mm -hmm. her call him devil quite often he also calls her little crow doesn't he yeah even though she's corrected him and said that her name means raven not crow still insists on doing it Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> I don't I don't have enough flags for all of the red <laughs> with this man. <laughs> um so no, no preoccupation with classical studies. They no. do I mean there is some studying and they do oh tractor. <laughs> Welcome they to do, the country. <laughs> they do tie in there is an attempt to tie in the literature that they're studying, but it's quite heavy-handed because it's it's Dracula. Yeah. So it's almost too on the nose. And they quote it and then tell each other what they're quoting. Yeah. Also, he is supposed to be doing a PhD, right? He's leading up to his thesis. We see him working on it once. What's he doing? Something to do with music and the way it links text text through medieval. I don't know. Something to do with music and language, isn't it? 
something. Isn't there something creepy in it as well? Probably. Hang on. Let's see if... um. I just, as well, like, I, I felt know. like... I mean, even just like the fact that he's studying like this thesis, like that could have been really an interesting part of it too. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been the preoccupation bit because not necessarily from her, but from him. Like it, it's like this overwhelming thing. And then maybe he gets distracted with her and then he's very like torn up with that. See, I, I've said, I said this to you, I think, didn't I? About how I can see how this book, like it has the foundations and my imagination runs wild with it. And then mm. I just get sad that none of that is in the book. Yeah, it's got decent bones. It just, yeah. they just were left as bones. <laughs> yeah, it could really go places. Yeah. I think that's what annoys me the most about it because mm. I just, I can I can see it. I have the vision. <laughs> Runix, whoever you are, whoever you're actually called, which you might be called Runix, that's called cool by me. But you were so close. Mm. Just wanted a bit more. I just needed a bit more. <laughs> um, murder. Definitely some of that. <laughs> Definitely some of that in spate. So, like, the big like mystery premise around this book is that every five years a student disappears. Yeah. And there's also been some like mysterious suicides of people jumping off the roof. Um, from people that you would never expect that to happen. Murder. But yeah, murder. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like the the murder was there. They happened. There was the big reveal about who one of the murderers was. But like the disappearances. Oh, and there were some dead bodies that were dug up from like an old um myth about the school that turned out to be true. Yeah. Um, but there's like one of the biggest mysteries in the novel about you know those disappearances we get to the point where we unravel the murderer and then Corvina's excuse me (laughs) we get to the bit where Corvina was like well is that you as well and she went oh no I have no idea what that is and then that's the last we hear of it it just stops oh so all this it's all down to to like your and like your your family tree or it's you and she's like oh no no she's like i've got no clue mate (laughs) right so there's also no real explanation as to why like this person is intimately uh like knows intimately the the person responsible for well, a murder, I guess, but or part of it, mm. and yet doesn't seem to know the real reason why. Even even then, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no real. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, there's. It wasn't very well thought out, and I don't think it was laid through the plot very well. Because when they revealed that, I was I was shocked. That was probably the only time that I was like, oh, okay. But then when I actually thought back on it and I was like, but that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I always think about reveals like that. When a book does it properly, when an author nails it, you're looking back on the story going, oh my God, I am such an idiot for missing that. Yeah. Not going, I never would have guessed that because there's nothing in the 400 pages preceding it to tell me, you know? I think that's a very... 
kind of I don't know what the word is. That's a big distinction for me in like the skill of a mystery. Yeah, definitely. I think I mean I what I did like was the twist that um Jade wasn't really Jade. Yeah, I like that. That was great. But then it was the cliche I've knocked you over the head or given you a bunch of drugs and now I'm going to off you. Like And then shack up with your man. <laughs> and then shack up with your man. Oh my gosh, for for why? They're they're cousins. <laughs> they're related. Mm. And for what? Like it you know, even if it was like a like a Buffy-esque, this sits on a hellmouth, all mm. the power, yay. Because yeah. even that might make a little bit of sense. It was just, that's my man, and we're going to run this place. Why? What for? At least give the evil woman some, like, higher purpose there. Yeah. Other than a creepy man. Like, <laughs> she, You know, she wants to steal the castle or something. You know, like, anything. Apart from wanting to sleep with this horrible man. Yeah. Disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, there is a lot of murder. There is and it's a lot. quite it's quite intense. Yeah. The I suppose the the suicide well the well the they're not suicides, but the staged suicides mm. are a lot. They are. And I also don't quite understand why it's not a lot for everyone in the book because it was a lot for me. Yeah. You know, when... Um, Troy? Troy, yeah. It's when when you see him on page walk off the side of that building mm. and everyone's like, oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm just going to go back to class now. Like... Yeah. The teachers don't come and take control. They don't send them... I mean, it's that weird thing, though, again, of, like, they're adults, but they're not treated like adults until it's convenient not to. Mm. But still at if... a university, like, that university would be locked down. Yeah. Instead, they're just like, oh, another one, whoopsie-deeros. Mm. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and the only person that's affected is Jade, and it's actually, she's the murderer, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think even like, his even his brother doesn't seem that bothered. His brother turns up to take, obviously, his brother's body home. Mm. Um, and he doesn't even seem to be that affected. No. His main purpose seems to be to try and throw Corvina off of Vad. Yeah. And kind of, like, bulk out Vad's stories, really. Yeah. That seems to be his primary objective. Ajax. Ajax. All the names in this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, a dark, moody and or haunting vibe. It's definitely dark. Yeah. Is it, It's a dark romance, isn't it? If you yeah. can call it... I mean, it's not a romance for me, but technically I think it is a dark romance. If I you think know that's what I mean. What, it's what it's aiming for. Yeah. Like I'm, I I think I worded that badly. I mean that <laughs> I didn't find it romantic, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a dark romance and it it is dark. And I think as well, like I don't know about you, but when I was reading it, obviously everything looked dark to me. You know, yeah, yeah. 
everything was like slightly sinister. And I sometimes felt like Runix was going for a little bit of horror. Yeah. Like especially in the lake. The lake and then and the, the shack. Sh- the shack. Yeah, I found that a little bit creepy when they saw someone moving. Yeah, and the, the shack. And when she's trying to get out of the water and some she feels something. Yeah. But then it's just completely brushed over and she's like nowhere near the lake and I was like what what am I doing? Where am I? <laughs> And I read yeah. back and then Corvina was actually wondering what happened as well. And I was like, for God's sake. But yeah, that went a little bit horror there. Yeah. That was effective because that did freak me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hero worship of a particular figure or author. Fad. Yeah. Sadly. I mean, it's not necessarily hero worship, but it is. Well, I suppose. I suppose it's it obsession, is isn't it's it? It's obsession, yeah. Like that that is the only that is her fixation throughout the whole book. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the novel as a whole has a bit of an unhealthy obsession with Poe. Yeah. But Which normally I'd be into. Yeah. <laughs> um but this time not really. I think that the allusions to Poe are too surface. Yeah. Um it's almost just taking a bunch of facts and names and rough ideas and and then inserting them rather than interpreting it in a new or different way. Yeah, instead of using his, like, literature. Yeah, but it's just misguided worship of a creepy man. I keep wanting to call him a creepy (laughs) old man, but I am older than him, so I can't do it. He doesn't feel like a 28-year-old. No, he doesn't. But also he feels like a 12-year-old. Like, he's both <laughs> at the same time. It's like he's 58 and 15 all it's in one. It's very confusing. He is very confusing. <laughs> I also don't like this era of um, being older than romance novel characters. <laughs> I'm not really a fan, I've got to say. <laughs> Look, this is why you need to read Morbidly Yours. Hey, shout out to Morbidly Yours, <laughs> Ivy Fairbanks. <laughs> Because the characters are appropriately aged for us. And isn't it sad when you've aged out of both YA and then new adult and then also most fantasy romances? Oh, and <laughs> Emily Henry, I'm, I know that's contemporary romance. I'm still just on the cusp there. Yeah. <laughs> Her characters are usually between like 29, 31-ish. So I'm like, next year I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I still obviously read all those books. Oh, yeah, like, of course. You end up reading them with a kind of hindsight rather than the excitement yeah. of when you are that age. It definitely changes the way you read a character, yeah. doesn't it? You end up throwing your red flags around a lot more, I think. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have old money, which will collide with new money or no money. I mean, on paper, yes. Because yeah. Corvina literally has no money and Vad has all the money. Yeah. <laughs> But there's, there's, it doesn't really create the classic conflict that we kind of encounter in Dark Academia. No, and it's not like Vad uses his money. It's not like he's, he's not in the classic Dark Academia sense. Like, he's not walking around like, you know, there isn't like a, a Henry Winter thing where he's paying for everybody's bits and bobs. And you know what I mean? I know he buys her a dress, but that's more... So he can put his hands under said dress. <laughs> rather than a gift in any kind of monetary kind of way. Yeah, I feel like he more uses his um, 
position of power as the weapon that money would normally be used as. Yes. Um, because he is on the board of the school. He owns the school. He teaches at he the school. He teaches there. And he, he is involved with a student. He like, can just bang all the students without any repercussions. And there is like actual on paper textual evidence that he has done this before. Yeah, we're never like, really given a reason. There's no explanation for that. Other than he just banged this other girl. Um, and then... She oh, died. I suppose, I suppose I, I, it has just clicked why she has to die. And that's because... Jade. Jade gets involved. Well, but fake Jade. What, fake what was Jade. her name? I don't know. Did we ever learn? don't know. We wouldn't be surprised if not. Honestly. I want to know what happened to the actual Jade. <laughs> she was, was in there the ever shack, Jade? wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, and I just don't, I don't, there was no real explanation about why he got involved. Because, I mean, you could say, you, if you were going to excuse the age gap, the power uh, dynamic, as he saw it as fated, then why mm. had he done it before? Yeah. I think it tarnished it. I mean, it did that on its own, <laughs> but from the outset, it was already kind of a bit grubby because he's going like, you know, essentially he's doing, you're the one for me. You're like, you're fated, like you're mine. Mm. It's it's Romeo and Juliet all over again. Romeo's like, <laughs> Juliet. And then what about, what about the other one? Oh, no, 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 don't worry about that one. It's you now. It's you. It's all about you. I wasn't in love with someone yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. it. I think it definitely undermines a lot of it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It it takes away the power of his words, like because they mean nothing. I think also it takes away like that possibility of like him as like the old tragic hero kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you he... know, there's all these rumors and people are so mean to me. No, because he's just diddling his students yeah, exactly. like front and center. It's like actually no, he is a jerk. Yeah, Mr. Top Shagger himself. Like he's just <laughs> he's just working his way through. Because also it's not just it's not just like uh, it's not just rumours. Like, the girls in the classes genuinely believe that they have a shot. Yeah. And that's no not exactly a fire. good sign. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And whilst we're on the subject of Top Shagger, why, <laughs> why does he feel the need to tell Corvina that he shared his best friend's girlfriend once? And that's fine. Like... I know. What... It just makes him sound like a 14-year-old boy on a playground <laughs> trying to spin whatever yarn he can to make himself look yeah. extremely cool. Like, what's that character called? This is... I'm really digging back into the recesses of my mind now. Okay. Have you watched American Pie? Yeah. You know, there's a character in there that's always, like, going on about how he's... Oh got with my all these God, girls. Yes. The, the annoying one. It's oh, him. Oh, jeez. What but is his name? if he was a bit bit more morose and tragic like it's him <laughs> i've got to find out his name now because <laughs> i can see him i can see him it's that energy this. though isn't it it's that energy yeah that's absolutely what he brings. i never thought um american pie would be mentioned on stifler. this podcast stifler yes steven stifler but yeah here we are with with american pie featured on the dark academia podcast but um we go to places you will never expect. It is that energy, though, isn't it? And you're oh, like, absolutely. Just stop. 
just stop. <laughs> just shh. I would just like him to go 10 minutes in the real world because I feel like <laughs> no. he'd be taken down a peg quite fast. Imagine putting him in an office. Yeah, I mean, he goes, to, he goes to work at another university. But like then at the end of the novel, they decide they're going to move back to Verenmore for whatever reason. And, and you think you'd be like, well, I'm just well established at this other university. He's like, nope, let's go. Yeah. Are you getting hazed? Are you getting bullied <laughs> at your new job, Vad? No, Are no, they taking the mickey? <laughs> they probably just ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> the worst punishment a man like that could ever experience they just being him. ignored <laughs> or being like brushed off <laughs> like yes son and then moves on <laughs> all right fella <laughs> oh i oh. hope that is what he experiences <laughs> what he deserves <laughs> oh for all people in the vad deverell fan club sorry um, i mean i'm not sorry but <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry for what's going on in there like yeah do you need help? <laughs> Are, is he holding you hostage? <laughs> it's pure Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Just <laughs> tap once for yes. <laughs> um, weather as a literary device. Um, there is weather. It's weather. It definitely adds drama. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It is in... Fi- <coughs> oh, it's my turn. <laughs> it is in fitting with the with the setting. Mm. Um, it's what you would expect. But it the only time I think it probably serves its purpose as a literary device is when um, it means. Well, how am I gonna? So they've gone down into town in the car. Storms are coming, but they're gonna finish off their business in town quickly. So they can get back up the mountain, but they don't make it all the way before the storm comes in. So they wait it out in the lay-by and they do some business. And it's horrible. It's horrible. This is Corvina's first time. It is awful. Consistently explained away that she's read a lot of smut, basically. So it's fine. And it's not fine. He's the most inconsiderate lover you could ever expect. Like, not... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like, even if alright so the first time was a little bit ick you just want him to make it up to her like the next time nope. but he doesn't he doesn't check on her afterwards mm-hmm. like it's all just like supposed to be this big mistake yeah he's awful awful and she never even questions it no and because she doesn't really have like fake Jade is supposed to be her friend but she doesn't actually have any friends. Like they don't talk about anything. No. Um. There's. A, it doesn't. What's the test? Um. About women having conversations that don't revolve around men. Oh. Bechdel test. I was about to say the Bushamel test, but that's something. Different. <laughs> 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 the what? The sauce. Like oh, the, the white sauce in lasagna. The Bechamel, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Bechdel yeah. test. That's the one. <laughs> Cheesy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it does not pass. Not even close. No. <clears throat> On the other hand, it tracks for Jade's character because Jade is obviously obsessed 
also obsessed with Vad. So, like, that's her. Yeah. So that's why their relationship and their conversations are wonky anyway. But um... but it would have been so much more... That betrayal would have been so much yeah. more effective if they had actually bonded. Yeah. If they If we had seen this friendship forming. At least, like, give not Jade or fake Jade or whatever I was calling her some kind of, like, minor conflict there. Yeah, I mean, you do get a, like, oh, I actually did like you. But it doesn't register as, like, a speed bump or, like, a, a, ba- a barrier or anything mm. from from her being evil. She's like, like it, eh, it happens. Eh, yeah. But, yeah, the weather, unfortunately, means that they have awful sex in a car. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So... <laughs> pretty much a no on weather really yeah especially in terms of dark academia yeah so finally we have underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider oh my gosh this girl needs to not be at this universe she needs to i don't know what she needs but going to varimore <laughs> was probably the worst decision she ever made yeah it, she's quite clearly homeschooled yeah. Like, she hasn't matriculated. Like, she she doesn't know how... Well, I say that. It's pitched like she doesn't know how to function in that kind of setting. However, she gets there, and apparently it's fine. Someone flips a switch, and <laughs> she has sarcastic comebacks. She can talk to people when they're upset, and she suddenly, like, has loads of friends, and people are drawn to her. You know, it's... It's just inconsistent. Yeah. Because there's like comments for the first section, isn't it? Oh, you never speak. You're so quiet. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't speak. <laughs> and then she's like, shut up. Left, right and centre. <laughs> yeah, it's just really inconsistent characterization. If it was kind of like a slow build to that, like unravelling her personality as she got comfortable there, then fine. But there was there was no journey to that it was just like flip of a switch yeah disappointing which is the name of the game (laughs) (laughs) um i mean so yeah she does have undeveloped social skills she does or we're told she does but we're never shown that she does yeah and she's again she's painted as an outsider but as soon as she gets there she's well she is center but then she's she's one of those people that insists on remaining an outsider even when when they're not so she's got all these friends and stuff and she'll still just like wander off and be a bit morose on her own as if like she hasn't got any friends Mm. when people are actively trying to be her friend yeah and a lot of her like isolating herself as well is in order to keep her relationship with Vad a secret yeah yeah I just Again, it's one of those... uh, She has underdeveloped, underdeveloped social skills, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it's just underdeveloped as a whole. Yeah. Oh, so are there any criticisms or isolated elements that you wish to talk about? I think we've kind of covered most of them, haven't we, really? I think so. I feel like I could talk about Vad for hours and yet that also <laughs> annoys me because I don't really want to talk about He doesn't deserve your attention. He doesn't at all. Oh, you were going to talk about names. Oh, I can briefly talk about names. I won't talk about them too much because 
it's a topic that might appear in the mailer. Wink, wink. Spoilers! <laughs> but um, I suppose it's linked back to what you were saying about Poe and how it's just a very surface kind of use of his, even his personal life. So my my favourite one is that, so she's called Corvina Clem. No mm. laughter. No <laughs> laughter. <laughs> um, uh, and Clem is the name of the woman, Eliza, who marries Edgar Allan Poe in real life. They also happen to be cousins. She was also 13 when they wed and he was 27. So something about that is very uncomfortable in its own right. And then when you apply it to uh, Gothicana, it becomes doubly uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not a um, flattering comparison, is it? No. I just, of all the last names <laughs> I could have picked, so we went with Clem. And it's also Clem. just horrible. It sounds Clem. horrible. It's like Clem, like Clem. Oh, like he could have gone for Clements or something, and it could have like harked back to it, or like yeah, or like called a Clementine or something. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a very yeah. Southern Belle kind of way, isn't but it? But instead, we're called Corvina, which literally means mm. like little raven or raven, even. Um, which again harks back to Edgar Allan Poe, and then we're going to call her Corvina Clem. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about how I feel. Well, I do know how I feel about that one. I feel really disturbed by it. But... <laughs> yeah, it's just not subtle. No, and that I, I have detailed quite a few in in um, the piece that I've written for the mailer. Um, if that interests anyone you can subscribe so you don't miss it um and you can do that at the dark academicals book club dot substack dot com thank you because you are welcome <laughs> i'd lost it in my brain I, like, <laughs> I don't really have any other things don't really have any other characters i want to talk about to be honest i think we've ripped it quite thoroughly haven't we yeah <laughs> That's so. not to say, right, that I didn't enjoy the read, but I, it was more of a morbid fascination than like a, this book's going to go on my best books of 2023 list. Do you know what I mean? It was more like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yeah, like I read like the first 60% of it in like one go. Really easy, really good fun, flew through it, was enjoying myself. Then I got ill and I didn't touch it for like... How, how many days three four mm. something like that and then i came back to it to finish it off <laughs> and i was a little bit annoyed by it so i think mm. it's one of those ones that's like it's best digested in like as as, as short a space of time yeah as possible. once you're in stay in because distance as we know with most toxic relationships <laughs> distance allows you to see kind of the the mm. horror of what it was that you were experiencing yeah so 100% keep your rose-tinted glasses on whilst you're reading this and just power straight through. You'll have a good time. Just don't think too hard about just it. Just don't think too hard about it, yeah. Like, I I can't even, like I said, I can't even say I didn't enjoy it because I did, but it's not for the reasons that you should be enjoying a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Basically, yeah. it was an easy addition to the Goodreads goal for this year. Yeah. 
And you you can't underestimate the power of that. No. Coming I... into like the the last few months of the I've year. I've got like 20 books to read to meet that goal. So I was quite happy to dust this one off and put that on there. I've only got two left. Killing <sighs> it. Killing it. I'm working on it. <laughs> so... Is it Dark Academia? Absolutely not. Quite frankly, I feel whoever first decided to market this at Dark Academia should probably be fired. I think they should probably go to prison for a little bit because that... Don't, don't, don't do that to our Dark Academia. Don't... Donna Tartt is having nightmares somewhere. <laughs> she doesn't know why. She doesn't know what this, what this means. But it's, it's this. It's every time someone invokes this book as Dark Academia. <laughs> she has a nightmare. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we don't want to do that to Donata, okay? No. Oh. <laughs> well, it's been fun. It has. Um, it was a good fun episode. It was. I mean, hopefully next episode we'll be back more on track because we are going to be exploring The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. I know this is going to be good because I've already read it four times. <laughs> It's my first time. I'm so excited for you to meet Shirley Jackson. I have read Shirley Jackson. Oh, have you? Oh, you've yeah. read um, We've Always Lived in the Castle, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. I take it back. Take it back. Alone in the world, Eleanor is delighted to take up Mr. Montague's invitation to spend a summer in the mysterious Hill House. Joining them are Theodora, an artistic sensitive, and Luke, heir to the house. But what begins as a light-hearted experiment is swiftly proven to be a trip into their darkest nightmares and an investigation that one of their number may not survive. Twice filmed as The Haunting and the inspiration for a 10-part Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House is a powerful work of slow-burning psychological horror. I don't know why my voice is doing that towards the end, but you're welcome. And this book is brilliant. I mean, I've been watching far too much... um, watcher on youtube and if you don't know what that is and you're into paranormal stuff you're missing out what is it (laughs) watcher (laughs) this is a real tangent but i'm putting you guys onto something great if you're into your supernatural spooks um i don't know if you ever watched um buzzfeed um paranormal i can't remember what it's called but it was like a buzzfeed thing with the two hosts um, I can't remember their names of, but they're great, and now they're doing their own thing, and they go into popular kind of haunted destinations, and they kind of try and work out if there is actually any. One of them's a skeptic, one of them's a believer. So. Oh, so it's like the millennial version of Most Haunted. Yeah, but it's not as fake. God, yeah. <laughs> and they go in with like the spirit boxes and the. Oh, so I've been cool. I've been watching a lot of that and a lot of their. Uh, their, their cadence and their tones when they're reading out the bits is a bit like that towards us. It's just infiltrated into my brain now. Spooky. <laughs> that sounds fun. Sorry. Um, but The Haunting of Hill House, so I have actually started. I like Ooh, it a lot. yay. And it's our uh, Dark Academia adjacent title for this season. We're very excited about it. So thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. And we will speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.